For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. Hi, I'm Niall Mater, and I play Evan Cross in the upcoming Primeval New World. And you, my friend, are listening to The Geek Show. Hi everyone, sorry about that. Uh, welcome to the Geek Show on 104.5 CBFM. Moves like Jagger. Yes. Uh, Joining us today is our lead singer, Jedi. <laughs> yes. Also known as Eagle. Also known as Triss. 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 I'm gonna say, I'm gonna pronounce everyone's n- name the way it's spelled. Does that mean you're my chocolate bar? Yes. Yeah. Vanilla bear and chocolate bear. Here we are today. I'm really trying to work out how my name is actually spelt, like phonetically. Uh, when we know you as Nat, it's pretty easy. Yeah, Nat. I think yeah. that is actually just how it is spelled. Da- Dave, Yo. yeah, Dave is Dave, except when it comes to your surname, which would be Hodgson. Hodgson, yeah. <laughs> it's an earthy surname. Yes, earthy. Yes, today we are talking about body shock. But first, what's everyone been up to this week? Dave is recovering from illness. Yes, and then it was my birthday, so I drank and then got more ill. And then I've just been playing Wind Waker since. And that's pretty much it. Taking selfies and, like, posting about every single thing I do. I would be the most annoying person in Hyrule. <laughs> I'm just, like, imagining nice. Zelda on a beach, coming across all these, like, washed-up bottles going, Ah! Link! Nobody cares! I just generally yes. thought it was a picture of you playing Zelda going, Look where I'm allowed! Hey. No, no, you can do it in-game. In-game? You can do selfies through game? Not bad. He's I been playing Zelda for so long, he's now the art- artist formerly known as Link. 
I hate when people come up to me and like, oh, have you got any Zelda toys? I'm just like, no, no one really gets the princess figures. Well, at a con, <laughs> at a con, I was dressed as Link. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool co- cosplayer comes up to me, shouts, "Hey, Zelda!" I shouted back at him, "Hey, Spider Man!" And then he just went, "No, I'm I'm Deadpool." Yeah. Uh, they can't troll back. I know. It's true. They just don't know what they're what, doing. Deadpool's? Even Deadpool in my comic doesn't like it. Deadpools can't troll back. Is is what I've learned today. That's a bit of a catchphrase, like, Goonies never say die. <laughs> well, Is I read recently that Deadpool jumped off a bridge and it wasn't because of a woman, and when he thought you'd do it, he'd jump off naked listening to the Smiths. Huh. I went as a holovirus runner. The readers will get it. I just had, like, uh, bunches of people running up to me going, Oh my God, you're that guy from that show with that puppet! And I'm like, yes, I'm exactly that, like, Exactly that. That is the, just my yeah, question. Yeah, but I think real celebrities get that. <laughs> yeah, you're the guy from the thing, from that thing that's Sign on. My the, stuff. That's on the thing with the pictures on and the sound. Yeah, like, <laughs> you mean the television? Yeah. No, no, no. It's bigger than television. It like fills a room. A movie. <laughs> Lots of people. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like that. verbal charades. Is what <laughs> yes. we're saying here. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, today's show is all about uh, body shock and body horror. We are doing a month of horror for Halloween this year. Um, But first is the news, and Hard Light is here. So that means Rimmer could become a reality there for you. Also, Holodex could become a reality as well. Um, Physicists have managed to create a molecule of photons, which historically, uh, theoretically, this has only been possible. But photons do not have a mass. You, you're not supposed to be able to create, you know, bind them together to to basically ha- have any sort of mass whatsoever. But they've managed to do it. So does this prove that there are that photons exist? Because I know that like for a while it no, was either photon, a wave they, they, or no, they've known that photons exist for a while now. It, photons have existed for ages. But the, the properties of them they still exhibit. They, they, it's both a wave and a particle. All the things. It yeah. is all the yeah, things. It is. It's gonna break me. I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> it's quantum. Deal with it. <laughs> no. It's quantum. Uh, basically, uh, it's a team of physicists from Harvard and MIT. Where else is it going to be? Um, they have managed to get photons to bind together into molecules, creating a type of matter that had previously been purely theoretical. Did they use duct tape? <sighs> they might have done. Let them bind anything to anything. Nanotape. Nanotape it would be. Is this the um, story about it, lightsabers are possible now? Because I think I've read that. And lightsabers I, are yeah, possible with well. that. And I, I read it and sort of went, well, yeah, maybe in a few like centuries when we work out how to utilise this. At this point, it, it's like maybe like when they discovered like, how to melt iron, swords were suddenly possible. When yeah. they worked out how to use it. <laughs> yeah, but they, they only like discovered silicon chips this century. That's true. So they might have applications for it much faster. And also, I need to make that mirror armour soon. Yeah, like pretty damn soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, according to the physicists, most of the properties of light that we know about originate from the fact that photons are massless and they that they do not interact with each other. Well, they did. They basically created a special type of medium in which the photons interact with each other so strongly that they begin to act as though they have mass and they bind together to form molecules. 
this type of photonic bounce state has been discussed theoretically for quite a while, but until now it hadn't been observed. And if they managed to mass produce this and then put it in a room, we could have our holodecks. I think that... Like, you could have Ace Rimmer. Star Trek <laughs> has, has just <laughs> proven that holodecks are universally bad idea. How how many times do we have to watch a holodeck episode before we start thinking we should not invent this? No, they've <laughs> got they've got the uh the the application of it down perfectly in Bravest Warriors. They've got a holodeck toilet yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, that was a holodeck toilet. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. But then I'd like to fight Evil Moose as well. I'm on the toilet. Then they level up the little I can't remember his name, but he becomes real and like outside and then consumes everything. And I know it works out well for the world. Pinocchio. But I'm just saying. Catbook. The great and mighty no, poo. Catbook. Catbook exists. Catbook does Catbook exist. Catbook is real. Mm-hmm. I want one. <laughs> Who doesn't? I want him to zap into this universe, and then I'll just hold on to him forever. Why would so you make oatmeal cute. cry? <laughs> Why would you do that? Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Uh, what was the name of that stick? Gas-powered gas stick. stick. Gas-powered stick. Never runs out of gas. No. <laughs> gas-powered stick. What? <laughs> it's just yeah. a stick. What? It's a stick. Gas-powered stick. It's all stick. I screened <laughs> the entirety of Bravest Warriors at one con, and I just had like a room full of people going, "What is this?" And then the next day, I did Batman and Piderman, and had more people coming in going, "Am I high?" Is that what this is? Am I drunk? Have I walked in here and like fallen asleep? I don't understand. Tuba. <laughs> yes. Hello, pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> You're my friend. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, ending hunger. Now, contrary to what you may think when I say that, this isn't about ending world hunger. Scientists have found a way of turning off a part of your the part of your brain that controls hunger. The hypothalamus. Whatever it's called. Um, where are we? Yeah, uh, in pioneering, pioneering research, a team of scientists led by Joshua Jennings and Garrett Stuber of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill genetically engineered a group of mice so that a small cluster of neurons located at, uh, in the bed nucleus of the whatever it is would either fire or turn off in response to light. So they shine a light in your eyes and you're not hungry anymore. Um, I'm just going to say, on, on, on behalf of evolution... Um, I don't I think it's like a good idea. I like being hungry. Yes. It tells me when to eat. Yeah. And eating keeps me alive. So I'm all in favour of the small group of neurons that tells me when to eat. Yes. Ev- like, on an evolutionary sort of, like... You can ignore it, though. You can ignore it, and that's what, like, overweight people should do. And that's what I'm trying to... That's what a diet is. Yeah, but what about <laughs> all those starving people in Africa? If you turned off their hunger, they'd be like, why does my belly hurt? According to Chris. <laughs> I don't know. What did I say? <laughs> you said, <laughs> they'd be like, why does my belly hurt? I don't know. You, oh, your yes, body has correct. a natural way of turning that off anyway. If you, if you if you starve yourself for long enough, you hmm. stop feeling hungry. You do just... Yeah, but at that point, your body is basically eating itself. Yeah, which is what happens when you starve, which hmm. is what happens to those people. So this is kind of like, oh, obese people, we can help you not learn self-control. Yeah. Which is kind of like 
the problem in the first place. <laughs> yes, people like to binge eat. It's easier and quicker to get a takeaway than it is to cook an actual meal. I yeah, but if you turn off the thing that, if you turn off the part of your brain, I mean, the thing that concerns me the most isn't the turning off the part of the brain that deals with hunger. It's the turning off that part of the brain. Why don't they? Yeah, just, like, there's always physical activities you know, to do afterwards. Well, not, not just that. I mean, like the physical repercussions of turning off a part of your brain, and like what happens if that becomes permanent? Like, do you have to have an alarm in your pocket? That well, do you have to have like a switch on now. the side of your head or something like that? Uh, right, it's twelve o'clock. I should be hungry. Let's turn it on. Maybe you could only eat at night because like the daylight will just trick your brain into thinking. Oh, no, because because then you're gonna you're gonna start thinking you're a vampire or something like that. I it just sounds like not, Ramadan. Not eating blood, just eating at night. That's, that's a big. That's a big. You're like, a food jump. vampire. Ramadan. I'm Marceline. Don't don't feed them after midnight. I only eat the color red. <laughs> Marceline. Just in case some people didn't know, which I don't. <laughs> Which I very much don't. I just want to put that out there. Oh, there you go. I've never That's heard of it. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. Adventure Time? Adventure Time. Marceline the. I don't watch it. Marceline's a vampire queen. Yeah, like, she only one of the, the other colour humans. red. So she takes like a red apple and drains it of its colour. Okay. It's so long. <laughs> it sounds It's a nicer very version than drinking blood. True. It Too is. Too for kids, even though the show shouldn't be. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Valve have decided to trademark Half Life 3. In another of wow. Valve's publicity teases um, about whether Half Life 3 is actually coming or not. Half Life 3 confirmed? No. No. They've just trademarked oh, no, Half Life 3 in I'm Europe. Just, I'm just playing the part of every person on the internet right now. Oh, God, yeah. Everybody's like, going, every Half Life 3. Yeah, Half-Life. Not, like, like they took like three separate photos that Valve released, and then mm-hmm. like Half Life Three confirmed. Like, no, yeah. those are photos. Yeah, <laughs> they, they did tra- make three announcements last week. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my god! But the thing is, because of those three announcements, now the uh, now the uh, the good money is on Half Life Three being made, but only being released on the Steam Box. So if you want to play it, you'd have to buy a Steam Box. I thought the point of the Steam Box was that everything would still be released on Steam. Yeah, but not, probably not Half-Life 3 because at the end of the day, they want to sell Steam boxes. True. But What's a Steam box? Valve's console. Besides what my imagination has just made up. <laughs> well, they, call, they actually called it Steam Machines. <laughs> Still Steam doesn't crisp. sound that great in my imagination. No. It's a sauna, Chris. It's a sauna. All right. Yeah, it's a tiny I like those. computer they're, game they're sauna. Yeah, you have to play it wearing a towel. <laughs> so well, normally Steam, what I do Valve aren't going to make the only Steam Steam machines it's going to be like uh, it's the OS basically they're going to allow anyone to use the OS even is if it, is it going to be Steam so it's a bit like Linux as well, it's computer game Android has the machine got cogs and everything on it and then you can see them functioning I, I wish I can imagine I really wish does it have like brass goggles that would it's be always good. wearing the goggles the Steampunk yeah. Steam box would be, Top would be brilliant it's going to happen and you know it's going to happen you know there's just people out there with like spare steam except monocles cups. I don't want it to have a monocle because I don't trust anything that wears a monocle now that's just horribly racist Robert Why is <laughs> I it? object to that it's monoclist <laughs> yeah it's it's against cyclopses that do you no like, no no it's not against cyclopses it's just like monocles what, what if like, you know, you've just got get, a really like, a full bad pair of spectacles like, so if I why monocle, I'd be no, paying for a lens I wouldn't be using you already pay for a dimension you don't use with your 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> also, 2DS soon. I wish I'd. I, I wish I'd wear this. <laughs> right. So did I. I only bought mine like a couple of months ago. I got a. I bought the big Pikachu 
3DS XL and I was desperate for it. I got it for Christmas this year, just gone. Mm-hmm. I was desperate. I was like, oh my God, I need it. It's got fixture on it. Oh, no. And then it's like 2DS release. I'm like, I don't even use the 3D. It gives me headaches. Ah! That sounds like a familiar uh, a familiar statement. I, I thought I was hospitalised by my 3DS. True story. <laughs> I stopped playing London 2012 Olympics because I thought I was hospitalised by Hang it. And not just because it's a terrible game. I was about to say there was someone who was actually playing London 2012 oh, Olympics. The, the Sonic and Mario one. Cause I'm oh, like, right, okay. Yeah, like, right. not the normal one. Okay, moving on. Um, the Robot Revolution. Right, you remember Boston Dynamics? Uh, they're the guys who made the big dog and then gave the big dog a kind of throwing arm that could throw concrete blocks at you. Uh, then they made the cheetah, which can run very fast over various terrain. But it was always in a cradle. Right? It was al- it always had like an external battery source <coughs> or something like that. Now they've made the Wildcat, which can actually run faster than Usain Bolt. It's completely freestanding and it has its own power supply. So yes, this can run you down wherever you are. What are we talking about? Robots. A robot. A, a big robot. robot on four legs that can that can hair hair after you and chase you down. Can and if they gave it jaws, stairs? it could bite you as well. Can it climb stairs? Interesting. Basically, you just put a bear trap on the front, mm-hmm. right? It can run straight at you, yeah. barrel into you, the trap <laughs> activates, and then you're gone. <laughs> Why invent such a thing? Because it's Boston Dynamics, and this is funded by DARPA. Do I need to be fo- like? Do I need to be carrying around big magnets with me? Did you say DARPA or Dapper? DARPA. <laughs> Both sound the same. The Defense Advanced Research Project Association. Not it's copies. Dapper. <laughs> no, no, that's you. True, <laughs> true. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> it's fact. Can it climb stairs? Because if it can't climb stairs, I'm still pretty safe. No, they all they have a big humanoid. Uh, it it looks like the early versions of the Cylon oh. that can do that in uh, that can do that instead. Oh, that's that's wild. Also from Boston Dynamics, <laughs> but I'm sure they can climb rope. <laughs> I can't. Um, climb rope. I wouldn't go that far. Remember, we were talking about that robot assault obstacle course the other week. Yeah, but have they made one yet? No, I've seen a ro- various robots. I've that seen a robot that can that. climb rope. Yeah. All right, <laughs> just give me. A really They've big also hammer. got the ones that can swim underwater as well. I need a really big hammer. <laughs> yeah, but still, a moat would stop them for a bit. It would stop them for a bit. It like would weed minutes. out the ones that can't swim. Yes, it would. So that'd How cut I down the amount of robots attacking me. But then again, they might go a bit kind of uh, holy grail on uh, so on the us sides of and robot start, robots. you know, build these big catapults and trebuchets and start launching themselves over the walls. Just so going to be an uprising one day. It's all right, I've got the holiest hand grenade. It's fine. The holiest hand grenade. Yeah, that's what it's called. The holiest hand grenade. Does it have a big hole in it? <laughs> I was waiting for someone to say that. Yeah. Right, moving on. WTF award number one. The impromptu tactical pen. I have no idea why it's called impromptu. Nobody seems to understand why. I what, need one what's already. What's tactical about the pen? Well, that's the whole point. That's it. It's, it's basically a biro that's in a machined steel steel housing. It can write in the rain because apparently other pens can. Yeah, but paper's not too good in the rain. Exactly. And apparently other pens can't write in the rain. Fountain pens can't write in the rain. Byros can, though. Mm. Yeah, but like, wasn't there like a massive experiment where they were like, oh, we'll have to do all this research so we can write in space, and then the Russians just took a pencil? Yeah. (laughs) 
They, spent, they developed a pen for like a million dollars. Now NASA developed a pen for a million dollars that no. could write uh, that could write upside down and in space. The Russians just went, well, we use pencils. Yeah. Oh, and then they found the common bio. sense conquers all. Yes. Yeah, but imagine sharpening a pencil in space. Well, do it in a clicky little pencil. Yeah, mechanical pencil. What about the ones that have the little container that it empties itself inside of, and then you like in the floating bin? You could just take that back to Earth. Yes. And recycle. Yeah, this is a product from Gerber, who make like Swiss Army knives and various other things as well. Oh, does it have a knife in it? Where did they come up with these names? The pen is backed by a lifetime gar- guarantee, but you'll probably never actually need to call Gerber since its machined steel body, finished with a material called uh, Keracote for extra grip, can survive almost anything, including impossible deadlines. And should you ever find yourself needing to sign an all-important uh, promotion contract in a downpour, it, you can buy one of these for thirty-eight pounds for a pen. Mm. I'd buy it. To so the you can buy like a pack of ten for that's what I, I'm gonna be. I am a pen aficionado. Aficionado. It's not quite aficionado. a part of it. It's part of being an English student. We like stationery. We sort of like. It also, I on, it also has a tempered steel uh, steel glass breaker that can be used to bust open escape routes, Ooh-hoo. and that's it. Um, uh, do you know what doesn't last It doesn't shoot poison darts. No, or uh, have like a laser. You remember those little laser pointer pens? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have a clock on it so you can tell the time. It doesn't have a compass in the top. I'm sorry, but there's so many ideas. Camera there's so pen. much more you could do with this pen. Right. Yeah. Machine steel body and you can break glass and you can write. Oh, goody. I just think I want... Uh, I saw an American daddy had like uh, the pen mightier than the sword. Pen sword mightier <laughs> than the pen. <laughs> Do you know That's what, what I want pencil. I remember a set of pens that used to Ink. sell on QVC. My grandpa got me some of those and it could pierce a can oh like most Why? pens. Why do you even You can use it in a dartboard like most pens. Damn you cans. We can't use Damn a pen. Damn you cans. Yeah. Yes. It was rubbish. Right, WTF award number 2 before we take a break for a song. Um the Japanese, we love the Japanese. They come up with some of the weirdest things that we've ever seen. And this one, they should imagine you're stuff. sitting down to a nice meaty dish. It's like big steak or something like that. Mm. They've developed an iPhone gadget that will spray the smell of meat up your nose while you're eating. Do you know what also does that? The meat? Yes. Oh, no, but like if you had to eat round at a vegetarian's, you could have this so you could stomach... How, how like, does your iPhone spray? Th- no, 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 it's, it's, it's an attachment. Oh, right, an attachment. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like saying Subway tastes better than the smell no, no. It's not going to happen Yeah but there's a lot of things That don't taste better than the smell Like your local Chinese takeaway Does not taste better than the smell I don't Bread think your local Chinese taste taste takeaway Smells smell. better than the smell Never Bread does yeah. not taste better than the smell Bacon But bacon always tastes better than it smells No it doesn't It does It so oh. does The way I cook it it does It's so <laughs> crispy and delicious With brown sugar on Brown sugar. Brown sugar. He likes his brown sugar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, I get looked at strange when I put syrup on bacon. No. Because that's that's some good stuff. It is some good stuff. Uh, You know what I might have to make next week? Bacon pancakes. This is Max Howard. I have an English accent, but I really live in America, and that's where I come from. And I'm on The Geek Show. And uh, we've been talking about doing this for a while, sort of uh, a lead-up of shows to Halloween, rather than just the Halloween show. We've been talking about doing like a whole month dedicated to the different... Beasts and monsters that, you know, make up horror, horror and Halloween. And this week, we <laughs> are doing sort of a body shock. Body horror type thing. Uh, mad science, 
that sort of stuff. We don't want to pin ourselves in too tight, so it's just yeah. humans, really. You could put psychopaths in it if we're Asda, which we're not. <laughs> 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 but yeah, let's just keep it. Escape mental patient, I wondered I when that eventually comes. <laughs> Human influence in horror, body yes. horror, signs, right, all uh, that wibbly stuff. Okay, very quick question to start off with then. What is, there, what is the difference between, say, body shock and body horror? Is there a difference? No. There isn't a difference. It's just nobody calls it body shock. Okay. I will say that. Nobody at all calls it body shock. All right. It is body horror. Okay, it's all body horror. Yeah. Well, the only difference I'd say is there's, there's times when it's not meant to be horror. Well, yes. Yeah, like, certain things, like, for example, medical conditions can make you uh, have it, a, a reaction to them. It, but that's it, not it's, it's like those shows, The Man with the 20 Stone Testicles. Which, <laughs> sounds, <laughs> that is scary. which sounds like a 1950s sci-fi movie as well as a documentary. Yes. But that, that's yeah. body shock. Yeah. And didn't Viz do, like, Buster Gornads? Keeping it on topic, <laughs> Rob. You said the man with the 20 stone I'm testicles. I'm just using it as an example to back up what Dave said. Yes, okay. So that's that's still body horror, then, isn't Yeah, it? but that's not really in this whole thing of what I, we're I, talking about. We're talking about sort of uh, culture, media, that's that what, sort of that's thing. That's what I'm saying. Body horror is that. That is body horror, then? Yeah. Right, okay. Because I've heard the term body shock as well. Not, it's not really used at all by anybody. Really? We're getting a bit distracted here. It's not about what is body shock. No, I'm we just saying, I've towers. heard the two. I wasn't, uh, I didn't know whether they were different or no, the no. same thing, that sort of thing. Just body shock's not we're used. We're just clarifying a point here, that's all. Body shock's not used. Right, It's body okay. horror. Right, okay. Mutations, then. you know, weird stuff happening to people, alien infections, uh, transformations. See, the thing is, horror to me means scary. Well, I've really? Seen, uh, that, well, that's part of what horror is supposed to be. That's, supposed that's not a problem with horror. Horror doesn't have to be scary. It like, can be like, unsettling as well yeah, as, like... Creepy. Yeah. But the thing is, I've seen some mutations Human that I've just found downright hilarious. It, de- <laughs> it depends how it's done, because, like, bad horror can just be hilarious. I mean, uh, take the X-Men, for example. You know, some of the char- weird, and wha- weird and wonderful characters in the X-Men are clearly just genetic mutations. It falls into the Beast. category of body horror we are in movie section now so keep it related to life I know but uh, well Beast was in like X-Men you 3 you Centipede it's not a movie it's not a movie just a really bad gag with a, from a guy who has no sense of humour yes I could well, well, like, about that in Clerks 2 an example of body horror I'd say something like The Fly yeah yes. classic example yes, where classic the, tra- example. the transformation the, yeah. and that's the sort of thing that and I think and you see it happening in stages as well yeah I, See, that's what I would call body horror. We're not just keeping it on the body horror. It's yeah. mad science as well. Yeah, well... Just like keep it open, like Yeah, that. like right, a third okay. nipple. <laughs> no, that's a thing. That's real. <laughs> yeah. uh, and nubbin, yeah. as it's also known. Um, all right, why are, why are these particular types of movies, then, often more unnerving than your typical type of horror? Well, that fall into the science is a thing, isn't it? Horror. Science is... We're always talking about these stories of how scientists are trying new things and going to new places. And they always say, you know, if you're resting your laurels in science, you may as well not be doing it. Oh, you've got to push the barriers forward. Yeah. And bar- body horror appeals to that. And mad science appeals to that, and it takes it to its... So movies like Splice, then? Yeah. Or Reanimator? Yeah, yeah, yeah things like that. That's... Yeah, that's has it. science gone too far? Yeah, yeah, that's the question. Science... Mm. Scientists are the bad guys in these movies. Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, yes. Victor Frankenstein mm-hmm. is, the, is the classic example. Hmm... But, I mean, is it just the science part, or is it the fact that it's 
humans. I think there's a direct empathy thing as well. That like there if is, you yeah. see, see something, if you did it with dogs, it'd be a different subject altogether. Well, like uh, Frankenstein, the first Frankenstein movie that James Whale did in the 1930s. It wasn't about oh look at uh, Frankenstein. He is a monster. It's, a, it's about Frankenstein, and he doesn't understand the world, and well, everybody treats Adam. him as a monster. Adam, Frankenstein's the doctor. Oh no, I just don't. It's yeah. saying it in it um, drags that sentence out. Mm-hmm. I know that Doctor Frankenstein and it's Frankenstein's monster. Just make that point. And all people. Name it Dave. No, it was. It has a name. It does not, Dave. <laughs> yeah. It's a long sentence and a dim to it, but yeah, Doctor Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. It's it. Classic it rolls level. off the tongue. What, Dave? Dave. Yeah. Frankenstein's monster is now Dave. Oh, cheers, man. (laughs) (laughs) But this time, I'm going to give him a last name and a middle name. Dave, the Rev. You should have been Frankenstein forever now. (laughs) You'd want to party with Frankenstein now. Who wouldn't want to party with Frankenstein? (laughs) He is a party monster. (laughs) Sorry, it's just thrown me completely. He can do so many keg stands. But what about, say, uh, zombie movies then, like the Romero-type zombies? Nah. Well, it all depends. You're getting into sketchy territory now because I think the best zombie films are the ones where the source isn't actually identified. It's mm. just a mystery. It just happened one day and the world suffered the consequences. Because on the other hand, you've got movies like Resident Evil and, and the there is and movies stuff like that. where it explains it. And I don't think that's body horror. I mean, it's, it gets that age-old thing of 28 Days Later isn't a zombie film because it's a rage virus. But everything that's oh, manifested, everything that's manifested about these people are zombies. It's a zombie fit yeah, state. Yeah. It doesn't matter how it happened. It's a zombie state. Yeah. I mean, you could pick holes in pretty much most zombie movies if you're going to be that pedantic Someone ate a about bad it. kebab and then they turned into zombies. Well, you say that, <laughs> but there's a Korean movie called Doomsday Book, which has got three segments. One's about the end of the world by being smushed by an intergalactic eight ball. Yeah. Uh, one bit is a Buddhist robot, and the third bit is about a zombie virus being infected throughout Seoul, thanks to people not recycling their meat properly. The third mm, yes. sounds most accurate. Yeah. So it's a cool I movie. I like Doomsday Book. Not enough people seeing it, but you, you jest by saying I, that, I, but no, it exists. I, I liked the Buddhist robot. <laughs> it, it was very controversial. A lot of people hated it. I thought it was brilliant. It was a good movie. It asked a lot of questions. Yeah, but that's off topic. That's another. Yeah, thing about religious if, you, if you're talking about body horror in movies, I'm just I've just got the Evil Dead in my head at the minute. Well, basically, like his yeah. own body fighting against him, and he like, 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 yeah. it, it does blur the lines. It is a lot of demonic and possession and but that sort of thing. But it is chainsaw hand, and then the gauntlet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But it having to chop off movie. your own hand, that's it is body horror. I like how he managed to make it move in medieval times as well, which people haven't even succeeded to the point in this time. Yes. Well, yeah. Hellraiser is... It's body horror. There's, I mean, there's two ways to stress body horror. There's body horror where it's a mutation and your body is completely out of your control. Yeah. And it's... I suppose you could define Saw as body horror because it's just the mutilation part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like Saw. I think Saw's disgusting. And I think Hellraiser's sort of in between the two. Well, I mean, Saw, Hostel, those sorts of movies, it's uh, just kind of... Well, yeah, it's it, it's just basically torture, that's it. And the problem there is uh, China and Korea and Japan are getting on that bandwagon and making yeah. films. When it's that whole uh, thing. Japan has made a game show based off Saw. Really? It's called Dero. What's that translate as? Um, I can't remember. Because that just sounds like a nice soft drink. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, the contestants, the contestants go into a room with a deadly situation. Okay. Um, for example, one of them, they're on a ledge that, like, de- 
uh, that keeps moving backwards if they get questions wrong, That's and they're talked to by a guy on a video screen. Yeah. yeah. So each uh, each round is in another. There's one where they're in a room filling up with sand. Ah, I see. And things like that. So every room is it's it's very much like Saw the way it's done. They do take well, the they won't actually to... die though. No, because like things like the pit isn't as deep as like the camera makes it's it. It's basically look. it's basically like Takeshi's Castle. They do take it a grotesque length. Japanese game. They shows. do. They do. Um, but it is, I mean, some of the stuff in Takeshi's Castle was just kind of, well, no, people, you know, you wouldn't allow people to sit in, like, a pit of scorpions and stuff like that. But I don't think they had scorpions and things in Takeshi's Castle. They had all sorts. They mainly just shot dodgeballs at people's faces. No, 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 that's the stuff that we got to see in this country. On topic. <laughs> yeah, it, it, some of the stuff that they the came Jap- out with. The Japanese audience gets very different. Yes. Um, okay, uh, what type of movies, then, tend to include this sort of thing? That's a very vague question. Well, I mean, is it ju- is it ju- just pure horror? It, does it fall into science fiction? Can, would you huh. ever see it in a romantic comedy? Well, you say yeah. that, but oh, Warm Bodies... Romantic comedy. That That's what I'm saying. I enjoyed Warm Bodies. It had a lot of people who hated on it, but I enjoyed it. And that I had, despised that, it. Well, it was you, to the book, which pleased me. Chris doesn't like Matilda, so his opinion in our movies has been stripped from him. Matilda should have died. And kept in a cupboard. At the start, and then the credits rolled. Until he can be, you know... I've, ne- I've never seen the film until I like the brand. book. Do you roll dial? Roll dial can do no wrong, but yes, it seems to be mostly sci-fi and horror. <laughs> sci-fi and horror. Oh. Sci-fi and horror. That's where it comes so from. So you wouldn't ever see something like that in, you know... Uh, I'm not saying you would ever. I mean, it's a gross-out comedy, but it's for a different purpose. There's okay. always examples to the contrary, but it's mostly horror and sci-fi. I'd watch the movie if it was the, the big woman's point of view in the movie and she was going to kill Matilda and succeeded. That would be nice. We're yes. kind of finished on Matilda now, Chris. I, I just really hate it. We can drop it. I hate it so much. What is The Trunchbull and the Chalky in Matilda. I don't it's know. It's quite extreme. She's just the monster. <laughs> I, it, the, the, the thing that kind of gets me is, where would you put, say, Lynch and Cronenberg in amongst all that? Well, they're horror. The, they're clearly horror. They're like the classic examples of body horror. Well, not so much Lynch. Lynch is just nuts. Yeah. Uh, except uh, a razor head, which kind of goes into that a little bit but it's yeah. most Cronenberg when you say cro- uh, body horror you think oh Cronenberg movies yeah that's what most people think of so you know uh, Videodrome The Fly Dead Ringers uh, yeah Broods, Dead Ringers definitely The Broods uh, most of his stuff really Cosmopolis has a little bit of that yeah I suppose okay um, pick of the gig then before I go for a song your top three um, body horror movies I'm gonna have to go with The Fly I've it's a classic one, one. Um, to be honest the only one I've seen is the Jeff Goldblum one yeah, it's a classic yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to doubt you on that uh, I will say one that I want to see and should be getting distributed pretty soon it's from a young Japanese director and it's called Henge which is Transformer thinking in mm. English and that's got a lot of plaudits thrown out I do want to see that but going with much safer safer territory yeah it's got to be a Cronenberg let's go with Videodrome because it's mm-hmm disgusting frankly and that's what yeah, a, yeah. a body horror should be and let's go on the mad science end of that sort of spectrum because we've barely touched on that you've always just been asking the question what is body horror I have four and the other one I'm going with the mad science which does get into the body horror is a reanimator I was going to say that <laughs> too lit what was that Chris I said too lit but do you want to say it come quick I'm going with Hellraiser 2 <laughs> 
Okay. My picks are X Men Two, Hellboy One and Two, wrong, and the worst horror movie I've ever seen in my life, Wolverine Origins. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you get the idea of what we're talking about. Here. <laughs> That's just completely wrong. He does have his body messed with by scientists. I guess yeah, technically he technically was a born no, demon, and he's. If just we're going by the definition of what we've just talked, Hellboy is not body horror in the slightest. No, it's but there's some weird messed up creatures in there that look that, like they that, have. That, that, that doesn't make it body horror. That just makes it creatures. Oh, well, <laughs> Never mind. Um, for me, uh, I'm going to choose one from left field. It, it, it is. It fits the bill completely. It's not a great movie, but it's it, Tetsuo, the Iron Man. It's a terrifying movie. I saw it when I was ten, and I've been scared of it for life since. Yeah, because they did Tetsuo 2, The Body Hammer, which wasn't as good. Tetsuo, they put a bit of background in it. It's by a Japanese director who did a lot of it on stop animation. It's basically about a man who gets invaded by mechanics. Be, yeah, and he turns into a big metal man, machine yeah. man, and he's got drill arms and a drill yeah. member. Which I saw when I was a kid, and it scared me for life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's one, the uh, most famous scene from there is where uh, the guy cuts open the outside of his thigh and puts basically a bolt inside his leg. It's disgusting. It's a, yeah. Because he could. Sliver? Sliver? Yeah, yeah. And there's that situation with a pie where he'd like, drill the right. villains. And there is another one, a body horror one. This Sliver's one's excellent. An, I will stand yeah. up for that. This one's, an, this one's an old one. It's like the alien one with all the weird little yeah. worms. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, this one's an old one, and it, it really surprised me when this came out because everyone thought it was going to be one of those kind of dark romantic comedy type drama thriller type things, and it was so very different. It's called uh, Boxing Helena, and I'm it's basically sure about this doctor who. It's not a great movie again, but for its time, it was ahead of its time. Uh, it's basically about this doctor who becomes obsessed with with a particular woman, and he kidnaps her. And he basically keeps her in a box. He's basically removed her arms and legs and keeps her in a box at his house. Lovely. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And well, this was on general cinema release in, I think, it was the early 90s. Well, it's the 80s kind of had a bit of an after yeah. effect. I will just mention Nat uh, said Sliver, which is a great film, but yes. to find the film that influenced it, which is so underseen, uh, search out a film called uh, Night of the Creeps. Yes. Which is so fun. It, it's so it much sounds like fun. Sounds like Night Out. <laughs> it's 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 brilliant film. I do implore people to check that one out if you can. Night of the Creeps, go for it. It's when amazing. you get right down to it, there's lots of movies we could recommend. Yeah, uh, that fall into. No, it was just that was relevant because you know, a good one that actually highlighted the whole uh, body horror type thing. Again, it's not just body horror. Yeah, but you understand mad science. As yeah, well. mad science as well. But the body horror in particular was American Werewolf in London because yeah. the transformation scene from that. Well, I don't know whether that classes as, as a body horror. It's just it one does, scene. It, it's one scene, but it was really stretched out. You know, they played on that scene a lot. What and, you, you know, it, it, you Rick can Baker see... Rick Baker is some sort of genius. Yeah. That's the guy who did that. He, yeah. I don't know, he's some sort of warlock. Thing is, <laughs> you can, you That's can not possible. You can that. see the after effects, uh, the, you know, the legacy of that in, mov in modern movies like Ginger Snaps. Well... Being Human, the BBC series... I couldn't take being human seriously because of how George screamed when he was transforming. He sounded like a six-year-old guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a bit embarrassing. Cancelled. It was a bit embarrassing. I enjoyed it. I'm glad you only get so many episodes in British television. Yeah, isn't it a bit strange that we don't really see that kind of thing on TV, except outside of, say, Doctor Who, where it's heavily, heavily sanitised? It's American stuff. It's True Blood, which is awful. No, I don't Vampire mean that. Vampire Diaries, I mean, which is awful. I mean, I science, totally me I mean science messing with like, genetics and the human yeah, body, stuff like that. There's not been anything like 
good like old Twilight show and things like that you'd see episodes like that oh, Twilight's Zone was amazing yeah. for stuff like that the Red Dwarf episode, DNA Do Not Alter, yeah. which was its working title. Is yeah. that the one with the sort of the thing the that changes monster. people's... Oh, the curry monster. What about the, the pig monster. people yeah. one? The what? Pig people when they were sent back to, like, the, I don't know, the 40s. Any final ones? Um, if I remember what I was actually thinking of before she mentioned Red Dwarf, I will t- say after. I'm Christopher Sabat, voice of Alex Louis Armstrong, the strong arm alchemist. And you're listening to The Geek Show, which has been passed down the Armstrong line for a generation or two. We're talking body shocks and horrors. Body horror and mad science, you idiot. Body shocks and horrors and mad science, they kind of go together. Do I need to keep repeating mad science? No, you need to get it right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Told. It's real words. I don't have the whip up, so I'm just going to use my (laughs) vocabulary and words. Your vocabulary. Yes. Your vocabulary. Vocabulary. Isn't it onomatopoeia when it's a word that sounds like a... Never mind, I'm going to be quiet. I shouldn't be (laughs) Englishing up this. (laughs) You were right, though, yes. (laughs) Onomatopoeic, yeah. Yes. One white guy, guy, five D (laughs) sow. You're doing some magic there, uncle. Yes, uncle. He's missing the lizard, the dried (laughs) lizard Mm -hmm. and the gourd. Okay, um, all right, Mad Science, Body Horror, what do they add to games? Half the time a premise. The plot, yeah, <laughs> like the entire plot. <laughs> all like I can think of, of is Bioshock, and that's first-person shooter with a lot of that cogs and brass looking stuff. Steampunk. But the, yeah, body horror, the body horror comes from the plasmids and things, doesn't it? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the altering yourself and uh, the... The alterations people have done to each other, yeah. like when you see all the splices, what the states have got themselves into after mm-hmm. using them things. Definitely. Yeah. What about something like Half Life then? With yeah. the head crabs and the mutation yeah. and things hmm. like that. Yeah. Even things like Portal though, with the the mad science that's gone on in that. I mean, especially with Portal Two, uh, especially with Portal Two, where uh, it's with the uh, Glados, where you find out that she was actually unwilling to become, like Carolyn was unwilling to become the computer. And it's that kind but of. But also, when you find out what the cubes are. Yeah, where you find they out are the cubes sentient. are. People. We just have a lot of well, them. Well, you can hear them, like, in the sound file for them. People have slow. You can hear the cubes scream as you burn them. Mm-hmm. Which, oh and they're about the same way as a person yeah. in yeah. games. So people have theorised that in the cubes are other test subjects that have failed and they're still alive, just oh. in a cube. Which is where the song comes from. Yeah. And there's the simple things that are alluded to, like um, yeah. whenever you go through one of them grids at the end of the level, it says there's a chance that your teeth could actually be melted out of your head. Which uh, they've found out through that happening to someone, I assume. Yeah. Or um, just, it, it, it's in, I think a Valve or Valve have used it in a lot of their, like, yeah, well, big the, titles. the zombies in Left Awful. Left for Dead are very, uh, very body horror. Things like the smoker and things like that, where yeah. it's taken deformity to like an extreme. And but what about something like Silent Hill then, where the science is missing, right? But you do have a lot of body horror. I mean, in Silent Hill One, you had the zombie babies. Ooh. What about yeah. those nurses with those great legs and horrible faces? I'm, I'm just thinking of. of the, I'm, I'm just talking about of the ones at James Cook. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking of the carousel made of meat horses. Yes. Oh God. Oh. Sounds I mean, the thing is, <laughs> Silent Hill has always been kind of one up on the atmosphere over Resident Evil. Make plenty of glue. But then Resident Evil Four came along and started doing like the head 
octopus type things. Oh yeah, like what the big Resident Russian guy turns into. Yeah. Resident Evil has the science though. Yeah, it does. Silent Hill doesn't have the science, but it has the atmosphere. Um, is it is it Dead Space where the guy gets the thing through his eye? Yeah, that's Dead yes. Space too. Yeah, that that just. Like I, that freaks me out. See, um, like even now, I'm just thinking of it, and I'm like, oh. I stuff. The dead I stuff tends to pretty good. Yeah, stuff that happens to people's eyes tends to freak them out. I'm okay with it. I, I can, can even touch have my someone eye. poke at my eye. Close eye like just, mm. No, Nat. Do you want me to describe how, what the autopsy on my eye was like? No, no don't. See, no, this don't. is what I mean. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. He's already <laughs> told me. That's why I'm saying don't. Yeah. I don't want to know. Um. Okay. It's over. I've mentioned we've we met, we've talked about Silent Hill, but what about if you go to the other extreme where you have something that is very very kind of technological, very scientific, and say Deus Ex because he has his arms burnt to a crisp, has to have them chopped up, uh, chopped off, and replaced with these yeah, in the sort of like Ghost in the Shell kind of idea that like yeah. uh, augmenting the human body yeah, and where that takes us because then you've got the augments and everything like that, and you go down that route, which is also body horror as well but that's far more science based so it seems like the uh, thing is it seems like the extremes are more prevalent in games you know it can go directly from no science whatsoever and no explanation to complete science but going overboard yeah even Rising had uh, Metal Gear Rising had the br- conscious yeah. brains in jars <laughs> what no, just remember the great bit of dialogue where he gets his arm chopped off and oh uh, not again yeah yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, but when he gets that when he gets that brain out of the container and the eyes are twitching everywhere. Oh yeah. 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 And then there's the whole bit with like the glowing blue bits. Yeah. He yeah, crushes yeah. them. Like. Yeah, for this conversation. This <laughs> is one of those. Um isn't the one for um that's just been really like it's it's in the running for game of the year alongside Bioshock uh The Last Infinite. of Us. Yeah. They're the Things like the clickers that are... Like, yeah. yeah, it's based on like the, the thing that takes over... The sucks, fungus, yeah. yeah there well, is I like the idea of The Last of Us because it, it, it was something that, was, that wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really scientific, but you, you could explain it with science. Yeah, well, there is a, there is a type of fungus that like, actually does that in real life to like, yeah. things like frogs. It'll take over their entire nervous system yeah. and they'll walk around like basically as zombies. They think toxoplasmosis does that to cat ladies. They think it, it it alters a part of their brain to make them like cats more because it does it to mice. It takes away a mouse's cat fear. ladies. Or are we talking about like female cats? Or are we talking about like like women, women who cat like ears? cats? Women like who like cats. Right. Yeah. Every neighborhood has one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh god, we know plenty problems. No, it, it, in in no, toxoplasmosis in mice uh, takes away a fear of the cat. Yeah. So they think in people it may um, augment a part of the brain to like cats more. Cats control humans. It's, it's a parasite <laughs> dun, dun, in cats dun. that just makes you like the cats more because then the parasite can propagate more. You see. Well, uh, I knew there was a reason not to trust cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've watched it. Um, it's on SciShow, if you watch it okay. on YouTube. A slightly different question, then. All right. When you look at movies, you can get movies like The Human Centipede, stuff like that. But um, that's, would that sort of thing actually be acceptable in a game? No. There's no, there's no plot around that. There's no real plot except, ha ha ha! I'm a nasty German scientist I, who was once a Nazi. There's no plot. Games have to really 
I think in a game, to, for it to be successful, you have to be able to explain why it's in there. It can only really work as a gag, the whole human psychopath uh, centipede. Yeah. I can I'm see a sort of thing uh, Saints Row might do as a little throwaway. But, you, but you wouldn't ever get, like, the Saw game or something like that. You say that, but there was. Uh, no, there was, but, I mean, it's not something that would be normal. I don't really know how that game played, so I couldn't say one more I mean, other. like, how would you be? Would you be the person? Okay. Would you be the person who, like, orchestrates? Uh, or would you be the person trying to escape? Because I'm not sure. I think it was like a platform, not a platformer, like a tunnel. That would up. be one unforgiving and platformer. <laughs> <laughs> if you <laughs> don't make a jump, you, you have to cut your own leg off. Escape right? this bear trap. <laughs> I think bear uh, traps. there is a lot of it, though. I mean, uh, there's what that game called The Evil Within. Yeah. There's lots of mutilation in that. I don't know whether we're going to call mutilation body horror, but well, it is, isn't it? It seems yeah. to be sort of. Interesting looking game, but I don't know what was going with that. Well, uh, I understand what you mean because it's basically the, from the player perspective. I mean, it's w uh, with games you get that. Oh, sorry, yeah, I remember. What you I was you about. get that change in perspective because you've got games like Silent Hill and stuff like that where you're fighting these off. You're well, normal uh, game. But then you've got games like The Evil Within and the Saw game where you're actually perpetrating. Uh, oh, and uh, Manhunt. I was going to well. say that. I describe yeah. uh, Silent Hill's psychological horror, man. Yeah. Because it is about all this stuff is in your head and you're just yeah. projecting well, it outwards what through found, weird things. What I've found weird is they've never sort of um, taken the consequences of being injured into games that much. Well, Metal Gear Solid 3. Yeah, but that was last gen and they could have done so much more yeah, gory with that. They could have moved on from that. Because in that one, when you get injured, you have to actually like... You have to dig bullets out of your skin with yeah. knives and things like that to solve the injuries that you have. It was really, really interesting mechanic. I, I think the realism of that is an interesting. I mean, like, it it, it would work well for a game like Metal Gear as well, because isn't the like bit where if he has a, like when you get up, you have a bad back. That was brilliant. There was yeah. basically descended into that at the end of uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 when he's... Oh, with Old Snake. And he's going through that corridor that's got so much radiation he can barely stand up by the end of it. That's... But then the, then the little frankly. robot just follows him. And you just like, could you not have just sent the little robot? <laughs> <laughs> That's life solutions though, isn't it? Need a problem. Send uh, the little robot to do it. Captain Hindsight. And the, uh, the <laughs> final fight in Metal Gear 5 with the... Uh, Metal Gear... Oh. Sorry, Metal Gear 4. I can't remember that. It's two old people beating each other up until they just collapse. What, really can't the remember last that. sandwich in the old folks' home. What? They keep injecting themselves with, like... Adrenaline. Oh, yes, that reminds me. That's another good one, Metal Gear Solid related. Uh, the end boss on Metal Gear Rising is just the most undescribably <laughs> nuts thing. Uh, it's getting into spoilers here, but it's basically a mild-mannered salary man who can turn himself into metal and not be destroyed, and he can bulk up and turn himself into different modes of strength. Nano-machines, son. Yeah, nano he's a vamp as well. Apparently vamp can't be killed. He wasn't called Tetsuo, was he? The nano-machines no. are so quick at regenerating have themselves. You, have you played the uh, Jet Scene Sam DLC? Uh, no, no I haven't. Um, yeah, you know that he can harden any parts of his body? Yeah. Well... That just sounds wrong. It, I know. Keep it clean, Rob. In the, uh... He weaponises that in a way that oh. Sam chops a part off I can that he makes into a sharp object and runs him through with. Uh, my imagination is just doing yeah. loops I on reckon, that one. Um, for argument's sake, I reckon, you know the... Um, 
medic in the Valve released. Uh, oh, that's a good bit the, of mad science there. Yeah. yeah, meet the X. So when yeah. you meet the medic, he's got the uh, heavy like open, mm. and he oh, puts wow. in the the heart that that in, mm. enables the the heavy to go Uber yeah. with the medic. <laughs> I would argue that's quite... But there's stuff like that a pigeon flies in there and... Like, Arch- Archimedes! <laughs> Get out of there. It's filthy. <laughs> no, don't worry. They'll grow back. Rips don't grow back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would argue that's quite... Um, in, in keeping with the mad science body horror thing, yeah. I mean, like, because he has... His heart blows up because it can't take... Oh, wow. That's the Uber, so he gets like a, a big baboon heart. That so then he's like, "Yes!" That just sounds like uh, crank. It's, it's starting to sound like the animal, you know that Rob Schneider film. Well, I'm going to yeah. say crank because it's an actual movie that people have seen. That uh, hasn't got Rob Schneider. I in never it. saw the crank. Crank, it's a Jason Statham movie. Where I know what it is. I never also, saw it because it's the stat. There's also Jason the head Statham's the, amazing. Shut up. There's also <laughs> the head of the blue spy in his fridge, and he's like, "Kill me, lit." <laughs> uh, Pick of the Geek yes, uh, yeah Pick of the Geek your top three games that include you know body horror body horror whether science based or not Bioshock oh I can't use that now can you <laughs> I will uh, throw Dead Space in there because it's just it's the best new IP this yeah. generation Silent Hill for the zombie babies well, Silent Thanks, Hill. Jesus out of me. Silent Hill is just for the mad signs it's just all these weird you know things. when now you know when Metal Gear Solid first came out on the PS1 Number right. one, yeah. They had like a demo of Silent Hill on there, and there was one, there was a particular mode you could play on that demo of Silent Hill, um, and it was it was awful. It's basically going, you were getting attacked in a dark room, pitch black room, while you got is like your little torch. Yeah, and you're getting attacked from all si- all sides by zombie babies with kitchen knives. That was the in, made it into the game. It was uh, the sort of prologue. Yeah, you go down this back alley. You think you're going to get out, but the way he came in has been blocked. Yeah. And out of all the corners and all of everything... Things little, start crawling out. Little babies and mice come out and they kill you and yeah. you wake up and the game starts properly. Is yeah. it The Hills Have Eyes with Pyramid Head? No, no, no that's Silent no, Hill. Silent, Silent, yeah. Silent Hill 2. I get confused with things. It, it's terrifying. <laughs> Pyramid yeah. Head. He yeah. freaks me out. I, See, I was going to say Dead Space, but... It's, it's just it, a good answer. It's yeah. a great series. I like the, the, uh, the way the Necrons work as well, that you have to immobilise them. Yeah, and they can still come back. None of your yeah. weapons are actually weapons. They're all tools, and you got to cut the limbs off to kill them. It's just nice bit of mad science there. Yeah, you know, I'm tempted to say Oddworld, hmm. the original Abe's Odyssey, because of the, uh, the what happens to Madokans. Yeah, yeah. Part two. Really need to play that. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Um, it's really good. It, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's I'm surprised no one said Half Life. I've been told quite a few times. I'm actually surprised no one said Half Life or The Last of Us yet. I never got through it. I kept getting killed by head crabs because I'm really bad with the crowbar. I'm just awful with the crowbar. See, uh, there's a. Have you seen. In one of the resis, you sort of see a tyrant sort of slowly develop over time. Yeah. I think that's free, isn't it? Three's the one with uh, the nemesis. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I'm mixing I up. I think yeah, it yeah. might be two. It's Will- two. William and you see like his forms as he goes and like his like his human head gets like just amalgamated into the big arm and he just really? gradually well, becomes. Hang on, less was that two or was that called Veronica? Not I'm sure. Well. Confused now. No, it's ages since I have played it either. Yeah. Uh, it might have been called Veronica that one, which was supposed to be like Resi, Resident Evil Four was supposed to be. Yeah, but it was a brilliant game. Loads of people slated it on the PS2, but it was it was a fantastic game on the Dreamcast. 
Um, I'm just going to throw a dead, uh, what was it called, Deadpool, there oh. was a Deadpool game in there just because of the weird, no, I have weird, perfect, weird, horrible scenes in Perfect that. game for this pick of the geek, and you guys might not have heard of it. Uh, it's a Roberta Williams game, classic Sierra, uh, called Phantasmagoria. And the way they did it, right, it was one of those, it was one of those early PC, it was one of those kind of mid-90s PC games, or early-90s PC games. They basically had, like, the video capture, so they filmed it as a normal kind of uh, normal kind of TV movie scene and then digitized it for the game. Mm. And they used actual pieces of meat, animals, intestines, that sort of thing, to add authenticity to it. There's one scene where they're sitting on, like, a throne, and then this giant kind of guillotine axe-type thing swings down and splits the head open, and they actually Lovely. put, like, uh, a pig's head oh. with, like, the snout print on the throne so that when the axe smashes through it, you get all that blood and spray effect. See, that reminds me a bit of something like, uh, have you played Darkseid? Yes. Very Geiger-esque. Everything's, yes. like, made of biomechanical fleshy well, that's where the, that's bits. Where the, that's oh. where the design inspiration came from. It came from Geiger. I'd go for um, System Shock, them two games. Yeah, quite. System Shock. Uh, what about Amnesia? Yeah. Hi, this is now Zek from A Nice America. I'm at London Expo uh, showing off Persona for Golden, and you're listening to Geek Shout. And uh, we're doing our... Uh, review section, but yes, we'll just reviews. while we have a chance, I will uh, say we had our first quiz last on Tuesday, and it was a great success. And, yes, uh, we thank like you to, thank to everybody who turned up, it and thank you also to Mink yes. for letting us have the quiz there. Um, he was looking to many more in the future. It was a fantastic event, I thought. Yes, it was. And he died from you know uh, overheating from projector heat. Oh, those yeah. things are warm, <laughs> but it went really, really yeah. well. And thank you, everybody, for turning up. Right. Um, we do have reviews. We've got three reviews today, which is uh, kind of unusual for us these Fresh, days. Fresh in these spots. <laughs> I know. Um, three reviews. I'm going to start off with uh, Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works from Manga Entertainment. Title 5. Yes, Title 5. It's um, obviously, if you've, uh, anyone who's familiar with Type Moon will know <coughs> Fate Stay Night. Um, you know, it's... Part of their whole kind of supernatural, quasi supernatural type su- horror type thing, along with like Luna Legend, Sukihime, and uh, Karana Kyokai. It teaches you important lessons, like how people die when they are killed. Yes, <laughs> I know. It's the it, it, it's one of those internet memes that has become very very famous. Uh, Emi Ishiro <laughs> says says that, but it was uh, thanks to the poor translation that it came out like that. Oh, but it does make sense in context because people do. But yes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We're not going to go there. This is not Fate Stay Night. This is Unlimited Blade Works, which is, in a, in a, very, in a very real sense, it is an alternate retelling of Fate Stay Night. It's, um, it's based on, obviously, the, uh, the visual novel from 2004. Um, Unlimited Blade Works is actually the second story arc from the game, and it's not as good as it first appears. It is brilliant in some ways, you know, and it being the boundary line between Fate Zero and Fate Stay Night, you know, it really works well in that kind of context. The story is again about Emi Ishiro and Saber and uh, and 
all the rest of the gang, Holy Grail War, oh, must must capture the Holy Grail, Holy Grail, everyone's chasing the Holy Grail, people dying everywhere, you know, lots of noble phantasms and legendary mm, that's heroes. That's just looking really confused Is right now. Is there a killer rubbish? No. No. Not like that, that kind of Holy Grail. No, I'm not that kind of Holy Grail. This Holy Grail is kind of, it, it, there's a lot more blood in this one, um, which is odd considering it, we're talking about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, you know, it's only a flesh wound. Um, but yes, Fate Stay Night, the story, it, it is the second story act, but the problem is that it doesn't really make much sense. It's, you know, it's basically Johnny Cochran's Chewbacca defense. At work, <laughs> oh, right. yeah. You know, it, it, you could just hear someone in the background going, "That does not make sense." Mm. You know, especially when you compare it to Fate Stay Night. <laughs> Sorry, that put a grin on it. Rob's face there. Never used seen that in a review before. <laughs> well done, Rob. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it is. It's it's one of those it's one of those weird movies where um, you kind of go. So basically, I have to throw everything that Fate Stay Night said in that story and start all over again with a completely different story and now you're telling me Archer is somebody who he uh, somebody else so that does that mean that Archer in the first Fate Stay Night was the same as this Archer from this story and if that's the case then doesn't that make a, uh, make put large holes in the original Fate Stay Night story and someone in the background is saying yes it does um my head hurts. Yeah, I know. It is. Uh, it can get that confusing. If you've never seen the original Fate Stay Night series, you will enjoy this, except for a few minor flaws. First, with the dis- the actual uh, the animation and the design, right? Action sequences are great, except for the facial features when they're fighting. Everybody looks constipated when they're fighting each other. Don't Everybody, don't. seriously, it looks like they need X-lax or something like that. You know, uh, the only one who actually looks looks quite happy to be in a fight is the samurai, and that's all you know him as as the samurai. I'm immediately thinking Samurai Jack because hmm. there's that episode where they just call him the, where the black guy is saying, "I am the samurai." Um, He's the only one who looks peaceful. He's the only one who doesn't look constipated in the entire show. Everyone else looks like they seriously need to go to the toilet or just need a rest. Um, I thought that was Saber's character most of the time, though. But th- this is the thing, right? If you, can't, uh, I'll get on to that in a second. You just rem- you have reminded me about something, but we'll get to that in a second. Second bit is the wounds, right? Now, there's one very, very big scene involving Lancer, right? And... He has had been forced to do something that he doesn't want to do, right? And it's all about wounds, right? How can a wound move from one scene to the other? It's like it's got a mind of its own. Body horror. It, it, it really, it really is weird. You'd be like, okay, right? He, he, you know, this character's been wounded at this place, at this part of the body, but in the very next scene, it's moved to the left. Right, so continuity. Yeah, continuity yeah. within the movie itself is, you know, visual continuity within the movie itself is a big issue. Well, first, the eye patch is on the left, then it's on the right, then it's yeah. back on the left. And then Gilgamesh in this movie, right, he seems more like a whiny brat than an actual king, which oh. brings up the whole thing about Fate Zero. Now, uh, regular listeners will know that uh, Fate Zero has uh, Fate Zero is one of my. Uh, is one of the best shows of this decade so far right it's one of the best shows from the last few years 
in terms of production, in terms of story, in terms of uh, the graphics, the music, the sound, the acting. It is so far above just about every other action uh, anime that has come out. And it basically reinvented the entirety of Fate Stay Night. Um, single-handedly, pretty much reinvented the entirety of Fate Stay Night. This is a kind of a halfway point between the two. And you can tell the difference in certain things. Where, uh, for example, they have to have the scene where Sable launches ex- uh, her Excalibur. But the w- if you do a comparison between fa- uh, Unlimited Blade Works and her doing it, uh, doing Excalibur in Fate Zero, there's a huge difference, and it shows. Can you not just get like a midget in to slap him? No, because Sable's a she. Well, now I'm talking about Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, no, because he has this uh, noble phantasm where he summons like hundreds of thousands of swords, but then you have Archer, who also has a kind of a noble phantasm called Unlimited Blade Works, where he makes copies of all those swords and fires them back. Oh, so because that's convenient. He's, he's not just like King Joffrey, then. You can't just like whack him one. No, no, no. Uh, see, shit. when you say King Joffrey, I'm thinking King Joffrey. You know, King Joffrey Jaffa from I'm coming to America. Game of Thrones, but I, I'm thinking coming to America. Like he slaps him. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. It's a decent movie. Uh, if you've never seen Fate Stay Night, or if you've never seen Fate Zero, but if you've seen either of those two, then there's a good chance you won't enjoy Unlimited Blade Works as much as uh, as much as you might think. It is still part of the Fate Stay Night canon. It does have its good points, the uh, but its its bad points tend to overshadow the good points. The good points are that it, it the action is solid. You know the fight scenes are, uh, are well choreographed. There is a story there, even though it kind of destroys the continuity of the series in the process. It's the Margin Boo saga. Yeah, it's basically it's the Margin Boo saga. Um, you know. Uh, but when you watch it, you know, you will get that feeling of Johnny Cochran standing over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got lost a bit there. Uh, NBA 2K14. A bit of a context to this. The last basketball game I played was back on the Mega Drive, which I do think was the best generation for sports games. Was it MG- NBA Jam? Probably, yeah. Well, that's the best back, basketball game there is. Was it back when they could use zeros instead of letters? I don't understand Two, that question. 2K14. Uh, oh, sorry, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You put a zero in there, it's 2014. Well, it is there. Do, do we didn't need zeros in the 90s. It's their company name, so... Tinker. But anyway... Uh, no, we didn't need zeros. <laughs> so, uh, coming to an NBA game in the modern Which day... I never got invited to anything. Talking here, Rob. Sorry. <laughs> NBA 2K14, after they haven't played last NBA game, back on the Mega Drive, is like being told the world is flat or something, because it's just completely uh, different from anything I expect. The presentation, in as far as the way the game opens up, I mean, when you turn the game on, the first thing you have to do is create your character, and once you've done that, the next thing it does is uh, it wants you to play a game straight off. There is no opening menu. It is completely contrary to anything you expect like that. And it just takes a really long time to get used to that sort of completely, you know, from the left presentation. But elsewhere, elsewhere, sorry, the presentation, it's 
like a, a work of art, frankly, because these people uh, know what they're doing. I mean, they often say in these things, they strive to make the game look like it does on TV. Mm. It usually doesn't. It just uses their sort of uh, package system, which looks really basic. Yeah. But 2K have made this game look like an actual official multi-million dollar presentation, and it looks absolutely stunning. I mean, the only flaw in it is everybody's got really rubbish shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only. Are they not licensed? No, that's the only thing that's, that's the only chink in the armor. Uh, and the gameplay, it's. I mean, I, I mean, I'd be saying all this, and people who played the games before will think, yeah, it's fine. And in that respect, it's as good as any other sports game. So is it like Pro Evo, but with shoes? It's yeah, yeah. It's just uh, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> it's just like every sports game is a little bit better, a little bit refined from the last one. But coming into it from a complete blank perspective, it's just such a hard game. But on the one hand, it's such a hard game to actually get the string of passes together. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just sort of suggests that this is a game that you can absolutely lose yourself in. It's not a game where you played the last one. Hmm. It's again, in my perspective, where you played the last one and you know exactly how to do it. You can win on your first game comfortably. This is a completely new ball game, literally. Uh, and generally, I think it, it's really good. I mean, there's lots of modes. There is uh, what's association mode, which is like your sort of master league, your build a team up mode. There's the mode where you can play. There's the mode where you can play as uh, the your creator player and take him up from the draft up to the big time. There's just general matches. There's league mode, but the sort of the big push, it's a uh, LeBron James mode. Who, if people don't know basketball, he is like the could. He's basically the Michael Jordan of this. Yeah, yeah. Of. It's there's a mode which is. I mean, as the game starts up, one of the other things it does, it has him sat on a stool as he says basketball's not easy greatness isn't just thrust upon you you've got to try really hard and that is really pretentious as the game starts but there's a reason behind it because there is a mode where you have to take LeBron James to be the great that he is you have to take the heat oh. or Miami heat and cer- like, uh, fulfil certain uh, things like certain quote, like uh, certain names certain, certain names of each match and it's got lots of legs it's just one of these games where there's something there's so many different modes. Yeah. It's, it's the sort of sports game that you could play this now and you can be playing it until 2K15 players comes around next year. It's For basketball fans, obviously, but you know it's the best basketball game money can buy. It's as simple as that. Hmm. Huge okay. difficulty curve. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> so as good as or better than Space Jam? Better than Space Jam. <laughs> better than Space Jam. Better than NBA Jam? Well, it's a different... Like I say, it's uh, like being told the world's flat. It's just that different. Mm. Because what about the, Strawberry Jam? The left stick is the bar, the character, and the right stick is the bar movement. So it's just oh. very odd of a... Yeah. You still use it square. takes a bit of getting used to. Yeah, you still use square to, you know, mm. take a shot, but it's largely left stick, character, right stick. Mm. Sort of skill moves and taking shots. Yes, um... So, a recommendation then for me? Well, for sports games fans, it's always you know refreshing to try something other than the football. So, this is for those people who get a bit fatigued with the same old, same old. Yeah, fantastic. Right, uh, final review of uh, this section: Armored Core Verdict Day. Now, fans of Armored Core will be familiar with the franchise. Hopefully, Verdict Day is uh, technically it's a kind of a follow-up 
sequel type thing to Armored Core 5. Um, I thought they stopped releasing these games over here. No, no, Armored Core is still, be, still going strong. Uh, Armored okay. Core 5 was out on the PS3, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. just being released over here. I thought it was one of these things like Yakuza where they just stopped. No, no, Armored still going. No, still going you can even download a free demo for the last one. Yeah. Oh, build your yeah. little mech in there. Yeah, um, yeah. you can actually import and cert- import certain settings from Armored Core Five into Armored Core Verdict. Um, it's a typical kind of yes. There's a war going on. You s- you swear allegiance to one of the three factions. Build up your mech. Go out and fight. Uh, I'll get the bad points out of the way first before we get to the good points because there's quite a few bad points. I'll explain why they don't matter in a minute. Um, there's lots of brown, right? The animation. Oh, they can, always have been, right? The, the, uh, there's lots of brown. The graphics aren't brilliant. Um, the uh, you know the setting uh, the uh, the war zones that take place uh, they're not brilliant. The computer AI isn't the best. You know you can get tired of going around shooting remote controlled drones and stuff like that. But that's not what this game is about, right? This game is from from is uh, the developers of this game are from software. Now, from software brought us Demon Souls and Dark Souls, right? Punishing learning curves in both games, and Armored Core Verdict Day is actually no different. Not as boring as NBA Two K Fourteen. I'll tell you something, <laughs> right? This game is for hardcore gamers. Who can who can go through menus that have menus that have submenus that have menus that have nested menus well, that have other menus? That's the sort of strategic RPG, you know, norm, really. No, this is different. Seriously, it's not even a strategic <laughs> it's like di- RPG. Say this game that's got menus upon menus upon menus upon menus. Yeah, get lost this in the is menus. this is all just to design your mech. Wow. Okay. Uh, this it's, is it's just v- it's very punishing on designing it. You think that I'll attach that? That'll be cool. Yeah. No. You can't handle the weight. You can't yeah, handle you the power got, for that thing. Exactly. There's so many right. reasons You've got why to you balance can't. things. If you can't, I mean, you could. There's there's a very easy cop out method. You basically just load up a load of. You basically just load up several guns, big plate armor on the. Uh, you know, big armor on the front. Give it huge jets and go off and launch yourself like a spear at the enemy and blow them up. Right, but you you will probably die at the same time. If you okay. want to last through the game, you have to redesign your mech as the game goes on so every time you finish a mission you'll be going back into the mech screen navigating through all the menus choosing different parts swapping parts in swapping parts out and all the time there's this balancing act between the power and the weight and what your mech can take and how it's going to handle the next mission so it's not like designing a gummy ship on Kingdom Hearts then? No, no. it's a bit more complicated <laughs> than that. Oh, uh, oh you haven't yeah, designed a gummy ship if you don't think it's complicated. <laughs> no, I, I have, I made the ultimate gummy ship. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's really complex and really in-depth, but I'll tell you something, all of those problems that, you, uh, that the game has, they go out the window when you sit in a mission in a mech that you've just finished designing and you spent ages on it and then you start blasting stuff to pieces because there's a huge sense of fulfillment when that happens you're like i made this can you design your own decals again yes excellent <laughs> uh but uh it takes a bit to get get into that oh right. well on the ps1 one you have to do it by pixel yeah uh, uh, color. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can oh, the pixels were like four feet across so you know it wasn't like <laughs> you can but uh, you can but at, at the point of the game that i was at you couldn't up to that point but i have been told that they are looking at ah, DLC like to add that right. in. um 
whether that's going to be uh, going to be confirmed or not, I don't know. We will need to talk to uh, uh, talk to uh, Namco Bandai about that. Uh, but on a core verdict day, it, it it can get kind of tedious, and it has this weird thing, right? You can earn experience from single player missions, but you don't get that much gold. Right. But if you're playing multiplayer missions, you can get lots of gold from that, but you get virtually no experience. That seems fair. Right. Now, here's the thing. The game excels when you play both. If you decide to just play single player, you're not getting the most out of the game because you can't pit your your mech against other players. Oh, and that's that. ultimately what you want to be doing. You want to prove to everybody, I'm the best mech designer. I did this and I'm going to, you know. I, I, that's the one thing I hate about modern games. Yeah. You don't get the whole game unless you play online. No, no, but this is the thing. The whole game is there. You don't need to... Uh, no, no, you don't get the whole picture. You don't get as game as, it could, as good as it could be unless you go online. Well, this that is was a big problem with Blacklist, Splinter Cell Blacklist. Yeah. Um, it does suffer from that problem, but not as much as people so think. See, for, for the ultimate experience, yeah. face your mech against another mech and have Craig Charles commentate on it. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, see, yeah. if, they did, that, if well. they did that, this would be the number one seller. <laughs> <laughs> it was in Borough recently as well. So yeah, yeah, I know. Um, so, yeah, from <laughs> software, there's a recommendation for you for the next Armored Core game. When you have, you know, player v- PvP mech battles, get Craig Charles to commentate. Yeah. Right. But uh, even without that... Armored Core Verdict Day is one of those games that if you are not a hardcore gamer, you don't want to touch this. If you are a hardcore gamer, if you don't mind the menus within menus, within nested menus, within sub-menus, They've within menus... They've always been like that, though, these games, haven't they? Yeah. Actually, it's got more complex oh, over wow. time, rather than less. Right. Rather than going down the route of streamlining things and making things easier, From Software have basically said, well, no, you know, we're going to stick to our guns, stick to the formula that we know works rather than trying to mess with it. If it isn't broken, don't, fi- don't well, fix it. Kudos to them to stick yeah. f- Kudos uh, to fix and stick and... Ah, oh, words. They fail me. Kudos to them for sticking to their guns. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> um, and the thing is, it's, it, you've got to admit, it's, it's actually a very brave move, that, uh, move by them because in this day and age, with the new next-generation consoles coming out, everybody is looking at streamlining stuff. And go and for the casual market a bit yeah, more. Yeah, and From Software have stuck to the guns and gone solely for the hardcore gamer market. I am curious. Namco Bandai have done a great job with, uh, you know, picking this game up. I can't think of the name of the Xbox One t- uh, mech title. It's just completely escaped me now. Mech Assault. No, no. The, I'm oh, no. St- um, uh, fall. Titanfall. Oh, I am oh, curious yeah. to see if what's going to happen to the sort of mech games after that. Yeah, that does well, seem like it's set up to be a big, big hit. Essentially, they've said it's like infantry, both. Yeah. The way the mech and the uh, on-foot control. Oh, no, it's just going to breathe like a whole yeah. new amount of interest into the sort of well, mech Well, I mean, the game. Xbox had Mech Assault as well. You know. no, it's not going to be as big as this. This is a big pushed game. No, the Xbox, the original Xbox. No, no, I'm just saying, like, this is going to put a whole new level of light on this. No, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the Xbox franchise isn't a stranger to mech games, okay. is the point I'm making. But right. I agree with you on the bravery. I think some game companies have a tendency to streamline the game into a movie. Yeah, um, I'm, but do you think the fan base for this sort of thing is shrinking or anything? Um, I don't think so. I think the fan base is. Uh, I think the fan base is pretty solid for this sort of thing. Um, the uh, recommend. Yes, it's a definite recommend, but only if you're a hardcore gamer. Okay. Uh, only if you actually enjoyed playing Demon Souls or Dark Souls. I don't think and anybody you like enjoyed giant that. robots. 
It's just the reward of it rather than but the that, enjoyment That's of what it. I'm saying. If you liked playing it for that reward, then you'll then there's a good chance you'll enjoy Armored Core Verdict Day. It's carrot and stick gaming. Yeah, it, it is very much carrot and stick gaming. Um, but if you didn't like that, if you're if you're the kind of person who wants to you know who wants casual more games to be a bit more casual, so you can jump in and jump out whenever you want. I think forgiving would be a better word. Yeah. Well, forgiving. empowering. Sometimes if you want to jump in a mech, you want to actually feel like the most awesome thing on the battlefield. Well, that's the thing. In most games, it, in most games, the mech is pre-designed, and if the empowerment comes from designing it yourself and then jumping in and saying, "Yeah, I." built this this is my mech i own this thing i sat there for like three hours balancing everything until it's perfect so it's like gran turismo yes that you have to put all that work into for yes me- for mecha files yes it is definitely for mecha files anybody who likes giant robots will probably enjoy this game okay cool but so, you can't yes. win mi- missions with manly spirit. No, no, no. <laughs> this is not like, you know, uh, my drill will pierce the heavens kind of thing. This is basically, my drill will pierce the heavens because I've equipped it with this. and a t- uh, you know, It has a this, tungsten tip. Uh, no, no, it, not a tungsten tip. It's got like a, it's got like a quantum diamond <coughs> tip or something like that. Mm. <laughs> anyway, that was the reviews. Armored Core Verdict Day is out uh, now alongside Fitz, Stay Night, Unlimited Blade Works, and NBA 2K14. Aye, yeah. Hi there, I'm Robert Rankin, and you're listening to the, the Geek Show. Oh, yes. I find it weird that dench is actually a word, but dystopia is still not a word. You know, uh, don't you think that's just ridiculous? Hello, so, yes, I know jumping into things uh, mid-conversation, it's the Geek Show on 104.5 yes. FM. It is not the mid-conversation show, <laughs> it is definitely <laughs> the Geek Show. I did that on purpose. And we are doing uh, Mad Science, Body Horror, the whole shebang, and I wear month long, sort of delve into horror and yes. all of its gribblies and stuff. Yes, um, what actually counts as um, body horror? You know, whether science-based or not science-based, in animation. Because you kind of got two extremes. Well, jumping in right with the sort of the zeitgeist of Eastern animation, Attack on Titans, totally body horror. It's just a transformation sequence that's... Well, the Titans well, themselves. it's gruesome, frankly, and, yeah. The, the one where he defends from the cannon blast... It's the half-formed titan oh, in the ribcage cage, thing. skeleton cage, really, of a yeah. thing. And how the skeletons are left over after the transformation as well, I think that's quite bo- like body horror. I think mm. how, how, it's, how it's left over, even though they themselves have returned to normal, yeah. there's still leftovers from that transformation. And the, the titans themselves look more like a sort of, a more, almost like a realistic style of drawing compared yeah. to the anime style. That's one I, thing I can never take about that series, it's just the titans look so silly yeah because it looks like they've tried to and that it, it hits the uncanny valley really doesn't yeah. it it's like oh it's so dear. but their mouths <laughs> freak me out like yeah how they like snake mouths on people mm. oh. yeah that's totally totally sort of weird body horror mm. stuff sounds more like an fx twin video <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> or that basement jacks one with the uh, where's your head yeah. oh if they do a live action movie of attack on titan chris cunningham has got to direct it because he made all these music yeah. videos and he would scare everybody in the world for oh, a couple God, of years. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the animator uh, Syriac, I think he's called? Sounds familiar. Oh, with the the, sh- uh, the cow video. Yeah. Cows and sheep. The sheep one is weirder the than the The sheep one's called one. Bar. And the cat... The cat but was... It's basically a loop oh. of a sheep walking, yeah. which then distorts into weird, like, sh- things using sheep body parts. Like, he takes bits of the picture and just, like... 
starts it, at one point it curls over and starts spitting out these abominations of things it's, and it, it is, is truly very horrific. yeah it's yeah. it's not it's it's quite like it's nightmare fuel yeah I watched it after watching Doctor B's while I was still oh. while I was still con drunk because I'd I'd just come back from running one con and I was knackered, and I'd just I'd watched Doctor B's and it was a video link and I was just like. But it's kind of like Photoshop body horror is yeah. what he does. <laughs> I love that term. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, okay, uh, going from that extreme, then what about something like Ren and Stimpy? Oh, I can barely remember that. See, uh, uh, Ren and Stimp, yeah. It'd oh. be like, uh, I've made a present for you out of earwax, and then he'll like have a massive close-up, super yeah. realistic, exaggerated shot of the item in question. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much the style of animation with Ren and Stimp, I think. But well. would you call that kind of body horror, or would you just call that kind of, ugh? Well, that's kind of what body horror is. Yeah, yeah. I think in a way that's, like, I think that might be the shock aspect. Yeah. I think it, it can it can be used as a good shock or plot point. Yeah. Um, I'd say like something in Trigun. Yeah. When you see um, Vash's actual body. Yes. That's a big shock. That, but not just again, the scarring, but also the mutilations it goes through when. Then again, if you're going down that route, you're you're basically walking down the route of um, all sorts of other. I mean, you're basically going down the route of uh, all sorts of other shows that have come out of anime. Uh, off the top of my head, one of the one of the primary ones would be uh, three by three eyes. They only made like a, a, a two part of year out of the entire manga. Mm. Right, it was just the very beginning bit of the uh, of the manga. But it's basically about a kid who you know his dad's dead, but he's found the last survivor of the Sanjay Nankaro, basically triclops, three eyes, uh, three eyed people who wield all sorts of uh, ultimate spiritual power. And he sends this lass off to be protected by his son because he's dying. His son immediately gets killed by her pet, which is a giant uh, head bird type thing with one claw and gets his guts crushed. So she sucks out his soul. He becomes an undead. And then you have various scenes with like his head flying off in various places, being crushed and... All sorts of things like that. It gets into the it gets into the gruesome body horror part, nice. but it's the commentary that goes along with it. Is it it's just me that when you were describing that, thinking, "Oh my god, this is awesome"? <laughs> Actually, I like it. You know, <laughs> but the thing is, the commentary in the original dubbed version of it was was what made it. You know, things like Yakumo, uh, you know, he's just been in another fight to the death where he's actually died several times during the fight, um, but because he's an undead, he keeps coming back to life. Uh, all these wounds heals. How long like are these episodes? They're like an hour long. Oh, um, cool, I watched that. And, you know, he's just going back to his apartment. He's just saying, this is nuts. I've got to learn how to fight. I'm getting creamed every five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> um, I think a lot of modern animation, like Western animation, yeah. um, tends to use um, what is learned from, especially Ren and Stimpy, uh, creepypasta's favourite word, hyperrealism where they sort of like uh, Spongebob Squarepants uses it a lot where they sort of accentuate like um, where he's like uh, if he's feeling ill or if he smells or if he whatever they sort of zoom or in on his ha- face or if the hopper's in there yeah where they <laughs> zoom in on his face and suddenly it's all like sort of like hyper realistically yeah. drawn and it's like okay why why are you doing that fellas it's a sponge um, <laughs> that's the gag it's, it's a funny gag I know but it, 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 it's been going on for a lot of series now see I'd argue the um, I'd argue Akira was a body horror film a- Akira it's, did it's, have body horror well, it is it. totally a body horror the end he sort of mutates into a galaxy for lots of 
well, gross flesh the, stuff. They explain it within the movie, you know, what would happen to an amoeba if you gave it the power of a human. Yeah, no, and that's basically what's happening to Tetsuo. He's got, he's attained the power of a god, but his body is still human. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's why there's this, you know, huge transformation going on. And it takes something even Well, it takes even through most of the film to actually happen. Yeah. Like, but you see it developing in stages. I need to watch that film again. It's awesome. Well, like where he's in the, the nursery kind of thing. And the... Uh, Things like the teddy bears with the milk bleeding out of their oh, eyes God, yeah. and things like yeah. that. That's just a quick bit of body horror, and that's a, like the precursor to him starting to yeah. change. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, it's one of those things that's been used a lot in quite a lot of movies as well. You know, the whole missing right arm being replaced by something. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's not related, but it's kind of related. It's the whole Yakuza weapon sort of thing they've got going on yeah. in movies. You lose a limb. You replace it with guns or something. It's really juvenile, but it's huge yeah. in Japanese cinema. Well, right things now. like the premise of Full Metal Alchemist, when they try to bring back the mother, and what, what happens after that is a bit of a body horror. Well, not actually, Full Metal Alchemist is a lot more body horror than people think. Uh, the original version, not the not the uh, Brotherhood. not Brotherhood. Well, the, the original Brotherhood. version. Well, Brotherhood is based off the manga, so no. It is but more the thing is, the original version is actually darker in terms of themes and in terms of content. Um, People like to think that Brotherhood is the darker one. It's not. It's the better one. It, it's it's actually not the both. Well, that's completely. The both no, about equal. I prefer Brotherhood, but they're both about equal. But it uh, it I've depends only on where you look. The manga. The thing is, with <laughs> with the original adaptation, with the original adaptation, the main theme of it wasn't uh, wasn't about brothers. It was all about obsession because Edward Elric was actually the most obsessed character in there. That's why at the end of Brotherhood, and this is a spoiler, sorry, uh, at the end of the original adaptation, this is a spoiler if you've not seen the original, stop listening now. At the end of the original Full Metal Alchemist, when he, uh, when he does his alchemy and uh, his brother gets his body back, his brother's body is exactly the same as it was uh, from the night several years before when they try to re- resurrect their mother and he has no memory of the, of the last few years. That's why, because Edward... Ed was so focused on getting his brother's body back from then. Mm-hmm. Brotherhood's still better. But here's the thing: the body horror in uh, well, things well, the but body horror, the chimera. But that's what that, the chimera. It, the chimera is one type of body horror. Go what on. I'm talking about is the fact that the homunculi in the original version are born from the human transformations that the alchemists conduct. That's where the body horror comes into um, it because I'm they're actually a part. Of those humans, that's why Ed's homunculi has his arm. I think that like being born of thousands of souls that have been like turned into tiny it's little stones is kind of a little bit worse. Uh, well, I, the thing is, this <laughs> like is a, condensed soul. Can, can I ju- can I just point out? It depends. Uh, it does depend on probably how much anime you've watched and I've watched a lot because I got kind of bored of that sort of thing I've seen it so many times oh, like I said I've go. only read the manga so <laughs> no but that, that's what I'm saying it's one of those things that is prominent in quite a lot of anime if you will dis- observe it's the very rare anime hipster in its natural <laughs> environment talking <laughs> down to people no I, I, I'm saying it's, I, I, it's a brilliant it, idea whatever you want from whatever series it's it, I think um, is it Izumi their tutor, their alchemy tutor. Yeah, Izumi. I think her condition was quite body horror, but it was internal body horror. But that's what I'm and saying. And I think when Hohenheim fixes that, that's quite a... That, that's what I'm saying. Her condition in Brotherhood was that. But her condition in the original 
adaptation was because How can you call it an adaptation when it took the first bit and then went its own thing? Because that's how we. That's how you can. That's how you ha- separate the two. I think there's more animation in the world than Full Metal Alchemist. No, but what, uh, <laughs> just to, just to clarify a point about uh, Izumi uh, in the original in the original anime sh- that was caused by her um, her human transformation. Basically, she had several organs ripped out when she did the human transformation. That's what happened in the. That happened in both of them. Yeah, yeah. she's trying to bring back her stillborn she's, baby. Yeah, that's what happened. But her stillborn baby became the homunculi in the original uh, one. Okay. Uh, anyway, forget about that. There's obviously more, because we can talk about Gyo and stuff like that. Uh, every treehouse of horror ever. Oh, Ooh. have you seen the new one, Guillermo yes. del Toro? Yes, it's yeah. so just, pretty. Oh, it's awesome, I like it. It's Guillermo. pretty, but would it work as horror without reference, 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 reference? No. Because in itself, there's nothing scary No, there. It, it's postmodern. It's fine. <laughs> I hate that term. It's a term. It's I know. It's a term that means something very different when you do it as a discipline. I know. <laughs> so, I to, just... to all those who aren't English students, I'm sorry. To all those who are, you get me! <laughs> you get me, bro! <laughs> <laughs> and you still probably hate me, because I hate me a little for using it, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a term that you're sick of hearing as well, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> That's that was my only point. <laughs> it's just it's an art movement, but yeah, it, it's it's that constant referencing and in, intertextuality. Yeah. I think that makes it what it is. I th- I argue that um, the uh, Pan's Labs Labyrinth, the is Pale Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pan's, that that freaks me. That and freaks me out when it's people. That freaks me out when it's animation. That it just freaks, freaks me out, me out even out. more when it's Monty Burns. <laughs> see, because it's radio, you can't see M- Nat mining the guy with eyes on his hands. Eyes for hands, people. So- <laughs> thing is, I saw that the first time I saw that. Do you know what I immediately thought? The Rainbow by D. H. Lawrence. Literally, get him <laughs> there. You know what I'm talking yeah. about again. No, the breasts have eyes. No, no, stop it. <laughs> but um. I think, especially uh, with uh, with cartoons, you can get away like like we were saying like, that television shows yeah. don't really go into the mad scientist body horror aspect. Yeah, I think that uh, cartoons get away with it a lot more because they are like animated, and it's that yeah. kind of argument that Tom and Jerry can like mutilate each other, drink milk, and have things pour out of them because they've been gunshot so but many actually, times. Yeah, you've got a point. That's the Warner Brothers cartoons got away with a lot of that, didn't they? Mm. Yeah, well, like, like, I think that Simpsons represent uh, like it, oft- it often references a lot of old horror, yeah. like things like Twilight Zone and stuff for its episodes, like um, old old horror concepts as well, like the one where Mr. Burns' head gets grafted to Homer. Yeah, that's an old. The sinking of the land Titanic on Futurama, where Mr. Astor becomes that becomes a mutant. Yeah, and in fact, all the mutants from Futurama, just all of them, like tentacles for arms and one eye and sideways mouth and and god they're so creepy they're just all so creepy the guy who's just a leg what 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 <laughs> what how <laughs> there's an adventure time where finn becomes a foot uh, there's also um in adventure it just reminds time, me of thing from the adams family now. yeah <laughs> there's there's loads of adventure times where um it's hinted that finn is going to lose one of his arms and have it replaced with a robotic arm there are a lot of references to that. There's Future Finn in his dreams where he has lost an arm. There's uh, real-world 
real world farm world thing where he has lost an arm there's like a whole lot of headcanon fans who are now like he's going to lose his arm at some point be prepared fandom but is that be still prepared. is that still body horror when it's so stylized yeah hmm i i don't know but oh, our yeah. cartoons are stylized it's in the style of this stuff it is okay uh leaving animation to one side then what about graphic literature i mean there's a lot of body horror in there i mean garth ennis did that crossed series which was hugely controversial because of uh uh, basically, it was just you know a post-apocalyptic world. Everybody's basically become these kind of killing, raping, zombie type people, and there's a religious overtone. Uh, lots of impaling, lots of people getting crucified, uh, or just the upper half anyway. Um, all sorts of things like that. It's very brutal, very controversial. And then you've got all the other stuff from uh, what's his face, Space Wizard. I've forgotten his name. Uh, Alan Moore. Um, the uh, Batman graphic novels the one with doctor is it dr pig where he grafts the yes the dollatrons yes where he grafts the uh, doll's face onto that mm. that freaks me out that's horrible yeah. and that's what happens to uh is it red red robin um or red hood red hood yeah. red hood's um assistant yes uh, part of uh, sidekick yes sidekick i've been watching too much doctor who <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, Western comics have a have a legacy of having lots of body horror in, but it, you know, it, some of it's subtextual. But a well, lot of you it is quite prominent. When you mentioned Alan Moore, and I'm um, yeah. thinking of like uh, the Swamp Thing. Yeah. The, no, it's just the thing, isn't it? Swamp Thing's a different. No, Sw- uh, Swamp Thing is uh, is the one that you're thinking of. Yeah. Basically, the guy dies in the swamp. Swamp resurrects him. He goes out to fight evil, but he does it by melting people. Yeah. Terrible movie. Is it the Crow? I wouldn't call, call, call the crow body horror. Is it? Uh, the Swamp Thing, body horror, definitely. Mm. You know, it's Swamp Thing is basically the intel- intellectual's version of Toxic, toxic Avenger. Yeah. Is it, comic stri- is it comic? No, it's not. It's, um, it's a, ho- a series of horror films. I can't remember what they're called, but they're presented by, like, a skull. Hmm. And they're quite... Um, Tales from the Unexpected. I, I think, know, think that might I don't be, think yeah. so. Hmm. I remember I've read a book uh, by Franz Kafka, but I can't recall the title. But it's another body horror one about a man slowly turning into a beetle. Uh, Explained nice. in great depth. Yeah, yeah. There's the um, the last human, the one of the last Red Dwarf novels. It's the last. I can't remember which one did it. It's, it's the last the, one. No, it's not. There's backwards because they split up, and each one wrote a, a novel to go after Better Than uh, Life. Yeah, so but backwards came out before the last I, human. I don't know, but last human's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, there's the Doctor Lim, who becomes his DNA is so screwed up that yeah. he needs to steal bodies. Yes, and he's trying to steal Crichtons, Kachanskis, and uh, cats. Yeah, and there's also the Gestalt entity that's been created to protect this uh, world. Oh, the Rage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. It's been created by uh, it's been created by combining innocent prisoners, and it's so angry it keeps the top of the Basically world barren. Basically, it's the rage of innocence. Um, it's the rage of innocent people who were sent there to die for no reason. And combined, it, they, uh, they 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 have to co- form the circle of Cesar Facier. Yeah. One of them will die. By the rage, like takes this one person and then just like Obliterates burns them. the flesh off them. But yeah, that's quite body horror. Especially a lot red of the dwarf. stuff. Yeah, this red is dwarf. red dwarf. It's one yeah, of the red dwarf novels. Uh, red dwarf does a lot with it, especially with the gelfs, because they're yeah. uh, um, especially with the gelfs, because it's like where they start explaining that um, 
uh, they have like a block of flesh for a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, they, they've yeah. made the decision. Apparently, there's no aliens in Red Dwarf. Yeah. Everything you see is either a, an experiment, a mutation, oh, or something that humans. I love, I love the I love the uh, line with that where Scotland fielded the goalkeeper who was basically the size of the goal mouth, and still man- never managed to make it to the second round. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's a good book. Yeah, right. We are, unfortunately, at the end of the show. Just a quick reminder, the logo competition has one week left. So if you haven't got your entries in, get them in as soon as you can. Um, we have added a few more things to that. Uh, Dynasty Warriors 8 for the Xbox 360. Um, what was it? Uh, Ninja Garden 3, Rose's Edge for the PS3. And a very rare, only available in Japan, until uh, uh, Fist of the North Star 2, Ken's Rage, phone pouch. Ooh. from Tecmo Koe. Uh, the prize pack is complete, so find it on thegeekshow.co.uk. All the rules are there. The complete list of prizes for one lucky winner is there. I'm not going to go through it because I have no breath left. We have been The Geek Show. I've been the backing vocalist. I've been Nat. <laughs> I've been Rob. On bass, to complete your uh, yeah. analogy, I've, I've been Dave. I was hoping you'd be lead vocalist and like you know lead I, guitarist. I would be, but I've got a sword. I've got a sword for it. You can be lead guitarist and he can be lead lead vocalist. I think that would be terrible. No, no, I'd be uh, theremin player. Oh, theremin I've got player. a ukulele. <laughs> You've got a ukulele. It. I can play it. For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.